John chapter number 15, John chapter number uh, 15, and we'll look forward to what God has for us this evening, and just as I've already mentioned just a moment ago, do continue to pray uh, for that financing and all these things to continue to just move forward, and I'm excited about the, what the year is, uh, God's already done this year, but what the year uh, has it unfolds for us, and we obviously need space. Uh, we need more seats. We need our Sunday school buildings. I know they were full in the children's church this morning, and so uh, just pray. And once uh, we get the the confirmation, the closing should happen pretty quickly. Uh, again, without extenuating any any external factors, uh, you know who knows what goes on in this world. But uh, uh, so it should move along. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to make more space in here and I get more seats, and I appreciate you helping me with that. I know sometimes half the family has to sit over here, half the family has to sit over here, or maybe you like that, I don't know, uh, but I know the, uh, in the, and I think it's important that families sit together in church, but I appreciate the choir uh, helping me out by, uh, just, just with the space, and so uh, if, you, if you're, if you're, if you're disjointed of where you'd like to sit, pray harder, uh, so that this will go faster, and so uh, we look forward, though, uh, to that time coming. Good days, good days God's given us, uh, certainly uh, not just in recent days, but over many, many months and years, and so we look forward to uh, what God does the remainder of the year. John chapter number 15, I'm going to, it's been a full day already, and uh, we've taken a little bit of time in the service to get to here. I am going to be mindful uh, of the time. I'm, I'm going to be very practical this evening. Tonight, I want to give you some things that you can keep in your mind all week long when it comes to love, a loving heart, the fact that God loves us, uh, coupled with what we talked about this morning, how we can show uh, love. I've got five statements I'm going to make to you this evening. I don't want you to be alarmed by that. Uh, just because I preached 30 minutes on one statement this morning doesn't mean I'm going to do that this evening. I'll be very quick, very punctual, and, and, but I do want to point these things out. And I think sometimes the most obvious things are the things that we need to be reminded of over and over and over again simply because they're obvious. And uh, sometimes uh, we get used to seeing them. We, we take them for granted. John 15, beginning with verse number 9. John 15, verse number 9. As the Father hath loved me... So have I loved you, continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Tonight, I want to just bring some uh, practical challenges of a loving heart, and uh, some very practical things that I want us to be reminded of, and I think if we're reminded of them, it's going to help us in our, in our Christian life, in our Christian walk, <coughs> as we desire and, and try to show uh, Christ's love to this world. Father, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your church. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to have a church home. 
and be part of something uh, that you are obviously involved in. It's your blessing. And Father, may we uh, not take that for granted. May we continue to contribute uh, to your church. And Father, I pray as we uh, think one more time and go one more time to the thought of having a loving heart and considering your love for us and our love for others, uh, may we uh, consider some things that we can put into practice this week uh, so that we uh, can be more like you. Uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Certainly much has already been said today concerning a loving heart and the importance for a child of God to have a loving heart. I will reference a point that was made in Sunday school this morning, uh, the fact that you and I are not the source of love. Love does not come from us. We are capable of loving because we are made in the image of God, and God is love. But God is the source of love. As I understand that God loves me, in return I love Him, and I love Him with my whole heart. It means I'm surrendered to Him. It means that, that whatever His desires are are my desires, and <clears throat> God has my heart. As I love Him, I am not the source of love, uh, but God can, God's love can flow through me to other people. Uh, and it's important for us to be reminded of because uh, we have limited strength, don't we? We have limited wisdom. Uh, we have limited energy. Uh, we can use it, and we have got to go, and we've got to go get some rest, or we've got to go recharge, or, or, or whatever applies. But when it comes to God's love, the same thing applies. We are not an, an infinite resource of love. We, we, we are flesh and blood. We are bound by that. But when we love God with our whole heart, when we're after Him with our whole heart, He is the source of love. And God's love can flow through us. So if a Christian is obeying what Christ said, uh, love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, soul your, whole, your whole mind, your whole body, you love Him, then God's love can flow through us. This world does not just need to see our love. A lot of religious things today are tied up and they try and take doctrine. And, and, I, and I just got done writing in a book about this uh, and try and mix it with a, 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 an emotional touchy-feely type love, uh, that, that emotions change. Our mood changes. God never changes. God is love. So I want to be a, a, I don't want to show the world my loving heart. I don't want to show the world me. I want my life to be one where God's love flows through me. So having said that, we know that God is love. Therefore, we need to be reminded when it comes to having a loving heart, when it comes to showing love, and by the way, a Christian should show love. A Christian should be that conduit for God's love to flow through. I say that, I mentioned this to, to, to us all very often. There's no place, no place in the life of a Christian for unforgiveness. There's no place in the life of a Christian for bitterness. There's no place in the life of a Christian for, for hate and just anger. You must deal with those things in your own heart, in your own life. Why? Because those are things that are going to stop the flow of love. Uh, they're going to hinder the flow of love. My responsibility is to love those around me as God loves me. The only way I can do that is love him with my whole heart. Then God's love can flow through me to others. Now, let's look at some practical things that ought to challenge us when it comes to the love of God. Uh, the statement number one is this. A loving heart is first a recipient of love. We've mentioned this already today, but in, in chapter 15, verse <coughs> number nine, we read again. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. 
We love him because he first loved us. We learn how to love because God loves us. You want to love unconditionally? Love like God loves. God loves man, whether man loves him back or not. But because God loves me, I have an understanding of love. Let's be honest. Let's just pretend nobody else is in the room. It's you and God. Just be honest with yourself just for a moment. Is there a reason why God should love you? I'll go first. No. Except for the fact God is love. And God loves in a way that you and I cannot fully comprehend. But it's because we are loved by Him, therefore, <laughs> we can love others. If, if we do not have a loving heart, it's because we have lost touch, with the side of the fact, lost touch with the fact that God loves us. That becomes something that we say in passing, well, God loves me. God, think about that for just a moment. The Almighty God who created all things loves you. If there was nobody else on this planet, he'd still love you. God loves you. We ought to walk out of this building tonight with our head held high, not in pride because of what we are, but the fact that I'm somebody because God loves me. That's why I get sometimes I get frustrated because I'm just not worth anything. I just God loves you. If God loves you, you're worth something. If God loves you, you're worth loving. I have to understand that, so therefore... I understand, I'm a recipient of his love, so therefore I can love. Statement number two. Look at me at verse number 10. <coughs> Chapter 15, verse 10. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. I want us to notice number two, abiding love. It's not here and gone. Do you know that you can exist in the love of God? You can live in the love of God. His love is an abiding love. It's a continuing love. This is talking about, you should see the favor of God, the expression of love. Him bestowing. God loves us. I'll use the example of, uh, you know, you, 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 have a, you have teacher's pets. And in certain cases, you know, the teachers around here, it's always the girls. Can I get an amen from all the guys? Yeah, okay, you, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, I use the illustration, you know, you know, there's something that goes to that. Now, I've made it very famous around here, if you've been around here any length of time, how when I was in junior high, how bad Mrs. Nelson treated me. How bad Mrs. Triplett treated me. It's true, it's true. Now, I don't know if I had anything to do with me building three-by-five car houses on the top of the table when I'm supposed to be doing my homework. I don't know if I had anything to do with, on a warm day, the windows would be up and the senior class would be selling baked goods outside, and I'd be passing money and receiving baked goods through the hole in the screen. I don't know if I had anything to do with that or not. She would pass, Mrs. Nelson especially, as always the girls, you know, you know what I'm talking about. She'd pass out privileges, and she wouldn't give me none. One day, she had the bright idea to move my desk by her desk. That'll make me behave. That lasted like 45 minutes, and then I'm, I'm back on the other side of the classroom. Is she in the choir tonight? Everybody staring at her? Okay, good. She doing okay? Um, I didn't, I, I know that she wanted me to learn. 
I know she cared about me. I'm just assuming that. I don't know that she ever expressed it, but I'm assuming that. I didn't abide in that privilege. I didn't abide in that affection. I didn't receive privileges, if you will, because look at the key to verse 10. Even if I has kept my father's commandments and abide in his love, how does Jesus abide in the love of God? He keeps his commandments. We don't always sit in favor because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Now, that does not mean God does not love us. Hear me very, very clearly. There is nothing man can do where God will not love them. God loves unconditionally. But that does not mean that you experience the abiding love, the favor, the expression. Because Jesus sets the example and says, if I abide in my Father's love because I keep His commandments. We abide in His love because we keep His commandments. That's the key. Uh, no, without a doubt, God loves you. Because I can't truly love others until I'm reminded that God loves me. Know that you can experience those expressions. And, and by the way, God is good to us beyond what we deserve, whether we're keeping all of His commandments or not. His grace, His long-suffering, His mercy, He is better to us. Praise Him for the fact that He has grace and mercy. And in our failures, our stubbornness, and our hard-heartedness, in our cold hearts, God does not cast us aside. He expresses His love to us beyond what we deserve. So I want us to understand that. But there is a, an idea of feeling the love and knowing and abiding in it. That comes from keeping His commandments. <coughs> Number three, verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. This is the greatest love. No man can love, Jesus, of course, is speaking of himself. What a wonderful series of verses. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's a wonderful statement, isn't it? You know what makes it even better? Verse 14. Jesus makes a statement that's quite a statement. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Then Jesus says, ye are my friends. Ye are my friends. Boy, isn't it wonderful to think that God has laid down his life for us? That's the greatest love. Sometimes we think, we I've made so many sacrifices for God. I've made so many sacrifices. And I'm not saying that a Christian life is not without sacrifices. We shouldn't look at them as sacrifices. Because if we offer ourselves as a sacrifice, then, then the act is done. But the greatest love is what Christ did for us. Understand something, Christian. Now, I'll get to this more in just a, <coughs> just a moment. I mentioned this this morning more than one time. This world has no idea what love is. It cannot love because it does not know God, and God is love. It knows emotion. In many cases, it knows lust. It, it, it knows those, the, 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 the emotional side of it, but not real love as, as, as God knows love. Because God is love. So to understand something, to realize that Jesus loves us, loved us enough that he laid down his life for us. Well, he did an act like that for me. I probably should be pretty dedicated and loyal to him, don't you think? 
I probably should reaffirm my love over and over. You know, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. I didn't write that down. Um, if you forget, just say, I got you a candy bar, and I got you cake, and I got you, you know. Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Anyway, let's move to number four. I'm not at 100% tonight. Number four, we have a, oh, I know what it is. It's Valentine's Day tomorrow. Um, it's an opportunity for us to remind and be reminded somebody we love, somebody loves us. Um, wedding anniversary comes around. It's the same way. It's good for us to be reminded that we love somebody and somebody loves us. How much, how, how, we should remind ourselves of that with God. He laid down his life. Well, I just I, I wanted this from him, and he didn't give it to me. I wonder if God loves me. Or this, this, God allowed this to happen. Why? I, I just don't know that God loves me. Well, the greatest love of a man is going to lay down his life. He is the example of the greatest love. Number four, we have a commanded love. Verse 17, these things I command you that you love one another. I preached on this this morning. It's good, good for us to be reminded very quickly tonight. We're commanded to love one another. There should be no restrictions on the love we have for one another. We should love those that we don't. We should love the lost. We should love our neighbor. We should love this world, and we got to get the gospel to them. But certainly in the context of the local church, we should love one another. Well, I just, I just don't like the way that doesn't, that shouldn't change the love in your heart. Sometimes, as I preached very briefly this morning, I didn't preach briefly, but this point I made briefly this morning was the the fact that sometimes the Bible commands us out of love separate ourselves. We do that because of love, and, and we ought to be reminded that we are commanded to love one another. If there's a if it, and, and I, I'm very burdened about this, and, and you can probably tell because I'm pre, I'm mentioning it a lot, even when it's not the subject. Christians today, one of the great failures we have is exactly what I'm preaching right now. We don't love each other like we should love each other. Do you realize? Let me remind us very quickly that no matter what the devil tries, he cannot stop God's church. You read the book of Acts; God's church is growing. It, it, is, it is multiplying. Persecution comes, and it grew even faster. Now, there were martyrs, and there was difficulties, but you can't stop God's church. We know this. Satan's tried to stop this church for a long time. You can't stop God's church. Let me tell you what has stopped God's church. God's people stopped loving each other. God's people getting bitter at one another. God's people not treating each other like they should be treated. We are commanded. I want to remind us it's a commanded love. I just don't. It's commanded. We must do it. Then number five. Aren't you proud of me? See how fast I got here? We're going to be here. Uh, no, it's a revealing love. Watch what the Bible says. This is we, we need this. I don't want I, I, I want to use this as encouragement tonight. There's a you could preach it in, in many different ways, but. My intention tonight is for it to be encouraging. Verse number 18. If the world hate you, just as there ought to be love in the church, there's hate in this world. 
If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Verse 19, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. Be careful of the quote-unquote Christian that the world is in love with. Because according to this book, the world only loves their own. There's an element in this world that hates good, mocks good. We sit in our own country. We see evil legislated and, and good canceled. And it's, this is what the devil is doing to God's people. And because of that, because we have love in our heart, we don't judge things the same way a, a world does. Then we begin, that world comes and say, why, why are you doing, we, 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 we're, we're, we're admonishing you, we're, we're, we're rejecting you. We say, is something that I'm doing wrong? Is what I believe wrong? No, the Bible's right. But the world only loves its own. Young people hear me very, very clearly. If you are saved, and I trust you are, you're a child of God, you belong to God. You don't belong to this world. Your citizenship is in heaven. It is not here. The most miserable Christian on this planet is one that's trying to get the world to love them. Because this Bible is not true. If you can get, as a child of God, get the world to love you. Because the world only loves its own. So if... We, as God's church, experience the hatred of this world, the rejection of this world. Don't be shocked. It means we're doing something right. I mean, if, if, if you're going the same way as the devil, he's not going to oppose you. And we need to be very, very, very careful of that. If ye were of, verse 19, if you were of the world, the world would love his own. Because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. This world system, this world, the prince and the power of the air of this world, hates Jesus Christ. And those that love Christ or identify with him, he hates them because of Christ. Uh, Satan, our adversary, is not your friend. He's not the friend of your home. He's not the friend of your marriage. He's the enemy. So, by the way, don't open the door for him. Don't set him a place in your living room. He's not your friend. But this world hates Christ. So, if we are not embraced by this world, we are not loved by this world, it's because this world does not love its own well, we think of practical application of God's love and how we should look at the love of God and our requirement when it comes to love. It's a very revealing love when the world loves because it means it's claiming it as its own. I want people to like me, don't you? Well, some of you don't know what that's like, but I know everybody likes me. Pastor, everybody don't like you. Oh, sure they do. Um, that's just the way I live in fantasy land. But, you know, 
You say, I, you know, have we invited, and I wish people would know the love of our church and the feeling of our church. There's some people, they just turn off. They say, you got to remember something. This world is not going to embrace what we embrace. Not going to do it. That's why Jesus is very careful to say, as God loved you, you love him. You be that conduit of love to this world. That's how you're going to know. This world's going to know that you're my disciples because of how we love. It's a very revealing love. And friend, I, I don't like to I don't like spiritual warfare. I don't like to face spiritual opposition. But whenever I feel it, you say, Pastor, why are you so optimistic? You you talking about this so optimistic, so optimistic. Because I know what I've been dealing with in a spiritual realm for the last month. And the devil don't get stirred up if God's not doing something. If God's not blessing. If God's not uh, pressing forward. So let's be reminded of revealing love. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. We're not of this world. That's why it's important for us to show the love of God. This week, as we go about our duties, our responsibilities, let's determine. We're putting an emphasis on these days every Sunday because I want us to have a focus that we don't just leave behind on Sunday. But we begin to say, you know, I'm going to focus on this aspect. Last week we talked about having that one heart as God's people. A loving heart today. Somebody perhaps is going to be unkind to you this week. There's an opportunity for God's love to flow through you to them. Well, I don't like it. I don't like it either. But I want to be a conduit of God's love. Let's show the love of God to this world this week. As we we'll conclude the service in just a moment, I want you to think about just for a moment as we go to the invitation, think about your heart, think about your relationship with God. Think about if there's something in your heart that would hinder the flow of God's love. I've been saying it a lot recently, but if there's unforgiveness, you need to forgive. You need to forgive. Especially I'm having a hard time with that. I understand. Trust me, I understand. But you need to forgive. Pastor, I, I forgave, but then it's back. Forgive them again. You got bitterness? You better get that resolved. Bitterness will destroy your home. Bitterness will destroy your marriage. Bitterness will destroy your life. Bitterness will destroy those around you. Boy, get, deal with that tonight. But may we look to the Lord and say, would you allow me to show your love to this world? Will you think of Christ, our example? And he truly could have called 10,000 angels. It would have shown his power. It would have shown his dominion. But he didn't come to this earth the first time to show that. He came to show the love of God. Now, when he comes the second time, he's coming as the King of kings and Lord of lords. So therefore, we have a responsibility as a recipient of God's love to share God's love and to show God's love. Let's make sure that we have a loving heart as we move forward. Father, we thank you for...